We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. My longtime friend and colleague, Mike Griffith, AJC, kind enough to uh, give us some of his time today. Mike, first of all, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time as always. You bet. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. Um, I'm going to start here because the last time we had you on, uh, it was a very popular segment. You were not, you weren't down on Georgia, but you weren't crazy about some of the things that you were seeing. Um, since then, they've uh, played a lot better football. Just last weekend, of course, they just dominated Tennessee and Athens in a performance that uh, certainly on the defensive end was, I didn't see coming. I didn't know anybody could do that against that Tennessee offense. You've been covering uh, the dogs the last few years. I know these last couple of weeks, you've been just hard at it did you see that coming at all a little bit and and the reason why neil and and you know this you know one or two guys can make a difference in your football team and we heard at the end of last year and we saw we saw firsthand when you think about the national championship game i'm going back a little bit here and people might wonder where i'm going but you think about the national championship game and when those two bama receivers went out and they put a backup guy in who's no longer with the program by the way he dropped the ball inside the five-yard line, right? That was your first sign that something might be wrong in Alabama once those two receivers were gone. The very next play, Georgia's number 88, Jalen Carter, blocked the field goal attempt. And then the very next play after that, James Cook went 68 yards. The Jalen Carter field goal block, we looked, he said, man, that Jalen Carter, yeah, they got Jordan Davis, and he's the Outland Trophy winner, and they got Devontae Wyatt. Both of these guys are first-rounders. But everybody's telling us that number 88 is a better defensive lineman than either one of these guys, that he's more disruptive. And he said, wow, wait until next year when Jalen Carter gets turned loose. Well, Jalen Carter hurt his ankle on the very first play of the season, Neil, and he soldiered through it in the win over Oregon. And and he played kind of injured the next few games. He only played eight snaps in the second half of the first day. He wasn't himself. He was limited. And then he sprained his knee, and he was out two games. And you thought, well, maybe that's it for Jalen Carter. But no, he came back against Florida. He impacted that game, only 20 plays, and got better and healthier. 
And Neil, he played 48 snaps. Defensive tackles don't play 48 snaps, but this could be the number one overall pick in the draft. Right now, NFL teams are looking at this guy and wondering if they might take him over Will Anderson. He played 48 snaps. He caused both fumbles, two turnovers, one guy. He made a sack. He had two tackles for loss, and he moved the pocket all day. Now, there might have been other guys that finished hooker. They had six sacks, but that line jumped six times. Part of it was noise because they were scared to death that they were going to get beat off the snap by 88. That guy was a one-man wrecking machine. So that was part of the magic of what. Now, part of it, too, was Kirby knows how to sub quickly. They practice. They've got elite athletes. They're playing one-on-one. But when your quarterback can't set his feet, and you say, oh, if he just would have made the throw, well, if he could have set his feet, he would have. That why That's why it was three feet off. That's why the timing wasn't quite there. You couldn't envision it because nobody had pushed the pocket and affected the quarterback since that game against Pitt. And that's what turned, that's the kryptonite. Move the quarterback, get him off platform. Georgia was able to do that. You have to have the talent on the back end. The crowd noise certainly helped. And then the second half, there was rain. But, but you know, we can talk about that. That slowed Georgia down too. Kirby only threw the ball four times. But to your point, so one, Jalen Carter. Okay. Two, they've been missing a deep threat. Now, Arian Smith didn't go in there and catch eight passes for 200 yards, but he caught a 52 yard bomb early. And as you and I know, and, and the people that are knowledgeable, that are listening, that one deep ball, that stays in the safety's mind the rest of the game. It stays in the coordinator's mind the rest of the game. You know, holy cow, they got number 11, maybe the fastest guy in college football. He's only played about 30 snaps in his career over three years. But when he's out there, he's elite. And he you caught a ball to, early. You, and you I, have to account for him when he's out there, right? So it affects everything that you do. Everything changes that you everything. And that's a player you didn't have earlier. Right. And then and then the other, the human intangible, Stetson Bennett. I listen, Neil, I don't know what version you're gonna get. I I for three quarters he stunk it up in the championship game, and then he has a miraculous drive of four or five passes and and it and it, you know, the, the switch is flipped and, and they score. And then against Florida, he, he completes half of his passes and throws two picks in the last game, and you're saying, Oh boy, he better play better than that against ten. And he does. He plays great, like he did in the Orange Bowl. I mean I don't know which Stetson we're getting. Apparently his phone number got leaked and Friday and the Tennessee fans are like, don't do that. When are, our fans are so dumb. Like you really want to piss this guy off? Like, no, this is the let sleep. No. So you've now you've got Stetson dialed in where he's not going to take an hour and a half to clean his truck and be late for an interview. Right. I.E. I, Sports Illustrated Pat Forty story. You know, he, the guy shows up an hour and a half late for a national publication story. And the guy's, oh, where were you late? I, I had to clean my truck. I got a date tonight. Really? Yeah, that's Stetson Bennett, folks. And and it's it, American legend. The truth is better than the Disney version everybody wants to sell you. Doesn't care about class. You're not a student athlete. He's got 31 ACT, Neil. He doesn't want to go to class. Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't fit in the script. Oh, but it does. These are the Netflix days. One day we'll see the whole story and you'll learn that this this is not the, you know, the, oh, and then you want your children to grow up to be like Stetson. No, you really don't. You want the results and you're not supposed to get the results 
if you go about it like Stetson Bennett did, you're not supposed to leave after a year and go to a Mississippi junior college and come back only because they can't find anybody else to back up Jake Fromm and then stick around and have him not sign one transfer quarterback over you, Jamie Newman, but two in JT Daniels. And then the coach isn't supposed to bench a 7-0 and guy who's put up the highest passer rating in school history that was a Heisman Trophy front runner for you when you're not going to class and you're not practicing well. But that's exactly what's happened. And here we are with Georgia number one, Stetson Bennett coming off the best game of the season, back in the Heisman race. And I, I just like, it's just like you and I've covered this. Like this doesn't fit the script. We always say, well, the names and the change, the names and the faces change, but we've seen this act before. Neil, I've never seen this act before. I can't explain it. And you've covered a lot of stuff at a lot of places. I mean, you've Tennessee, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Michigan State. I mean, you've covered Auburn, Auburn, lots of stuff, but nothing like this. So like Lane Kiffin, there's ne- there's never been people. Oh, he's the new Spurrier. No, he's not Spurrier. No, he's not. Oh, he's like no, he's he's not. No, Lane is Lane. Lane is a man of the Twitter era. Lane and Twitter were made for one. He has found his niche. And let me just say it before we go here. He belongs at Old Miss. Lane doesn't work at Auburn, folks. That And you covered that program, Neil. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but I saw I'll stop right there. I don't think Lane works at Auburn. I was going to ask you more about Georgia in a second, so I'll go back to this. But you brought up Lane. That's what our people want to hear. It Lane Kiffin at Auburn is such a horrific fit that it – it just you keep waiting, and I think, frankly, I don't think it's going to happen. So if it does, it does, and I, if it does, I'll be like, "You were wrong." I'll say, "Yep, I was wrong." Or whatever. People get stuff wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously get things wrong. It. If you told me a year ago, Lane Kiffin goes to LSU, I buy it totally, completely get it. Uh, if you told me he goes to Florida, I, sure, got it. That's the one. That's where Florida messed up. I agree. Yeah. Um, if you told me in two years that hey, he goes to uh, goes to Texas. Goes to Alabama. Got it. Sure. Absolutely. But Auburn? Auburn makes no sense for Lane Kiffin. And so even you know, it, it, and it, like I told I've told people this. I want to get your thoughts on this. If you tell me Lane Kiffin, if the football gods drop in and go, Lane Kiffin's the next coach at Auburn, I will tell you they gave him a historic, earth-shattering, if you will, industry-shaking contract. And I would tell you it'll be his last coaching job. If he, if he went there, that is a coach's burial ground because he, and I've said it and Auburn fans get really mad, Neil, but in football, even when you lose, even when you win, you lose. I, I watched Terry Bowden win his first 18 game. I covered it. I, and, and th- there was still unrest and the guy wins his first 18. Can you imagine if a coach came into the sec now and won his first 18 games and there were still factions of the fan base and the booster base that, that didn't want him, that rejected him, that wanted to change. That's what happened in the 1990s, that, that he would be undermined and tape recorded by someone on his own power staff. And a power. That's what happened in the 1990s. Well, listen, I'm telling you this. You covered the damn program. You know all the secrets. We, we both know too many in some respects in that state. That story for another day, folks. Yeah, for but sure. th- this is this is no, no, Lane needs to wrap his arms around the program that has wrapped their arms around him because Lane Kiffin's eccentric Twitter ways aren't acceptable and appreciated everywhere. Not every place would love Lane like Old Miss does. They just wouldn't. And, and I don't think Lane fits 
at other places like he because he brings sex appeal to old miss a school that desperately needs a modern day man if there's ever a program the old miss the old miss but you've got the most modern day coach it's it's a it's just a beautiful fit and what they're doing with the uniforms and i mean that program is as attractive as it has ever been and okay. it's not without lane kiffin and lane kiffin's not as attractive if he doesn't have a program that's as supportive and backs him up like oldness or seems to back him up. Man, you're the very best at this. I mean, I'm telling you, the SEC Network has made such a mistake not just putting you in there and going, it's yours. Um, but you're exactly right because what Ole Miss gives Lane Kiffin, and this is nothing against Ole Miss. I've covered Ole Miss for 15 years. I've been around it most of my life. It's not an insult. just a fact, or at least my perception of a fact. Ole Miss kind of gives him a blank canvas to paint on. Right. If you take the job at Auburn, you don't get a blank canvas. They're like, no, 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 no. It's got to be orange right there. Um, that's got to have an eagle over there. Um, right. Yeah, no, no, no. Take your dog out. Put the tiger back in. Auburn goes there. <laughs> and at Ole Miss, they're like, hey, you know what? We had this great history in the in the 50s and the 60s, and, and we're proud of it. And we're going to put it up in the stadium. But uh, we know that we can't sell that now. Um, yeah, we've had some moments. Eli Manning, um, you know, uh, Houston Nutt had a, had, a, had a good year. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze had a moment. We had some moments we're proud of. But, yeah, for the most part, we're just kind of faceless, nameless. And he came in and they're like, it's yours. Do what you want. Do what, You don't want to wear the gray pants? Cool. Don't wear them. You want to change the helmet? Change it. You want to do a a, a camo helmet with uh, with real tree? Do it. Sure. Uh, you want to bring your dog on the field? Probably against the rules, but do it. Um, yeah, and that's what they've said, right? And they're like, uh, you want to? What, what do you want? Cool. We'll do it to the best of their ability. And I think this off season they're going to go. Okay, we can't give you a hundred million, but we can give you sixty. And we're going to – you're you're it. You're the brand. I mean, he is the brand. And if he goes to any other place – not any other place, but most other places, like Georgia, for example, would not let Lane Kiffin be the brand. They already have a brand. Florida, Florida wouldn't either. And that's why they went with somebody they thought they could control, and it's just not working. It's not working. So I agree with you. And, and, and credit to Lane – and I can't remember what week it was, but it was early in the year. It may have been before the season even started. He said, in kind of one of those introspective moments, he said, you know, I think Oxford and Ole Miss, um, I, need, I needed Oxford and Ole Miss more than it needed me. And I thought for him, a guy who I think has a considerable ego, and deservedly so, I think for him that was kind of a real humble moment to admit that, Hey, not everybody was going to take a chance on me. I mean, for some people, I was damaged goods. And yeah. Ole Miss gave me a chance at a time when, frankly, my life was in a state of somewhat disrepair. Lane didn't look good back then. He was kind of big. Um, I think he was drinking. Um, all of those things, he's completely changed. I mean, he looks he looks great. He's super fit. Um, I think he, if you're advising Lane Kiffin, the, the man, you would have to say, hey, look, be be careful. You have something good here that's working for you. Uh, maybe there's a time and a place. Maybe the NFL comes calling down the road and he goes, that's an, a, a scratch, an itch that I want to scratch. But I don't get the impression that he's just itching to get out the door right now. 
Well, you know, I look at you, Neil, for an example of this. I mean, you're a guy that could work anywhere in the country, whatever beat you want, any level, and you found a place that you loved and, and, and you're enjoying the journey. It's, it's, you know, it's not about trying to, well, the, t- the top tier, the highest paycheck you could draw or the biggest market you could be. You, you realized at some point, you know what? I- I'm going to enjoy what I do. And, and it wasn't a matter of what school or, you know, and I always admired you for that. And I know the Ole Miss fans certainly, you know, love you and probably appreciate that and know how lucky they are that, that a guy like you is settling, you know, in Oxford when you could be in any major Metro covering any beat. And and I think Lane needs to take a page out of that book and say, you know what? Life is good. I'm coaching football. I'm getting good quarterbacks in here. I've got a school that's behind me. I can, I can be a contender. I mean, Ole Miss is sitting here right now, and I, I talked to Jeremy Pruitt on Monday nights. He does my pot. Jeremy says Arkansas is going to beat LSU. He thinks A&M could beat LSU too, by the way. Alabama may not be dead, but Ole Miss could be playing Alabama this weekend. That game could end up determining the West if LSU stuck. They're not out of it. They're not out of it. And I would have never, never thought that we could be talking about Ole Miss in contention for the West in November. Yeah. But here we are. Well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Um, I, I will say that the one – well, I, I would not put myself in the same category with Lane Kiffin in terms of anything like that. But the one thing that I, I do think is interesting, like people have asked me – people like you have asked me, hey, why did you stay there so long? Um, the, the big thing for me was there there came a point, like when I first took this job, because you were in Knoxville at the time, and I can remember talking to you about it, I thought I'd made a – critical error and 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 quickly was trying to eradicate it i was trying to get out of it um and what happened was family happened and and i just kind of realized that well this job is going to give me an opportunity to control my own schedule a little bit it's going to give me an opportunity to see my kids more to do more things with my kids and i think over the course of time my kids got comfortable here and i didn't want to uproot them and you know and and so you know, who knows, right? Three years from now when my son graduates high school, I mean, I I've not made any secrets about it. I'm going to, I'm going to explore a little bit because I think I owe myself that. Um, and maybe I stay and do this another 10 years after that, or maybe I move. I don't know. But like with Lane, I do think it's interesting that his daughter came here in, in July or June, August, and she was a senior at Oxford high school. And there's a lot of talk about Knox, his son coming here to, to, um, to uh, start high school next year. Lane openly talked about going to an Oxford middle school game the other day against Tupelo. He actually, I think, questioned whether Tupelo was playing eligible players. It was kind of funny. I mean, he was being, <laughs> he was being funny. He was Lane. And Tupelo High School, to their credit, had fun with it on, on social media as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's, you get a chance to be a dad. Oxford's a different kind of place in that it's a little quirky and it can be really pretentious. But Oxford also kind of leaves people alone, and they sort of let people do their thing. And I think Lane Kiffin gets to just sometimes every once in a while be Landry's dad, be Knox's dad in Oxford. You know, I've told this story. I'll never forget it. One of the times that I was like, oh, this place is different. I was in Kroger. It was a couple of months after the New York Giants had won their second Super Bowl with Eli Manning. And Eli Manning and his wife are on like aisle six of Kroger. And people are leaving them alone. He's this reigning Super Bowl MVP. 
And one little boy nervously walked up to him and asked for an autograph. And he obliged him. He signed it. But it didn't lead to like a line of people. It was it. One time. I kept crossing them in the because we were kind of, you know, in a grocery store, you're going up and down. We were sort of <laughs> on the same path. And I left him alone. I never even said anything to them. But it was interesting. And I think Lane Kiffin kind of gets that here even, even though he is an absolute rock star. Yeah. I think for the most part, people kind of let him be him, you know, and they don't always demand that he be on. And then, I don't know, and I, like you said, here's what's interesting, too, is that regardless of what happens with LSU, we're about to go into a 12-team 12, 12 playoff era. And last year, Ole Miss would have made the playoff. Yeah. And this year, right now today, pending the results down the road, Ole Miss would be very much in the playoff picture. And you know this, Mike. You've covered sports a long time. If you make the playoffs, you got a shot. Maybe not a great shot, but a shot. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, you know, I was talking to Roy Kramer. I got a hold of uh, the great SEC commissioner, 93 years old now, by the way. I called him a couple of weeks ago. We were doing some advanced work. Uh, one of the parts of the job of the media that, you know, nobody likes, but we all knew Coach Dooley was in very dire condition. And so I was quietly calling people saying, look, you know, uh, this one looks pretty bad. Um, they, they, most people already knew. I said, you know, we, we really want to make sure that we honor this man properly. And, and it's when people pass, you, you know, you, you, those close, it's hard for them to pick up the phone and talk. Right. But if you say, you know, I'm kind of doing this story. Can you kind of give me some memories and some, some thoughts you've had with Vince, you know, so that when it did come to pass that we had a tribute story with a lot of the legends and people that have known Vince Dooley over the decades and understand what he meant to the league. Um, and, and of course, Roy Kramer was certainly one of those men, uh, you know, the godfather of the SEC, the man most responsible for the league being a top college football, although, could argue that's tenuous now with these television contracts that the Big Ten has signed. We'll see how all this turns out. But uh, we we talked about the playoff because Roy came up with the BCS. And a lot of people listening probably don't understand this, Neil. So I'm going to give a, a, just a kind of a brief history lesson here. So the struggle that the struggle that we had in the 1990s, <laughs> way back in the day, was that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 didn't want to get with the rest of the world. They had their Rose Bowl, and they didn't care if there was a unified championship. They had their event, and you guys can go on. And we had to sit there in 1997 and throw up our hands and go, oh, sure, yeah, okay, Michigan would have beaten Nebraska. Right. Well, technically, they split the national championship. And you're thinking, this is ridiculous. How can we not have a unified champion in today's day and age? And that's where the BCS came from. Somebody had to come up with a plan. Now, Roy was also the guy that started the SEC championship game, which, in fact, was really a half a step towards a playoff. Even though Gene Stallings didn't want it, Steve Spurrier didn't want it, they were telling Roy what to do with it, and he was telling them they could stick it back up their rear ends, and we're doing it, and this is how the SEC is going. Can you imagine somebody trying to tell Saban? No, they wouldn't. But that's how it was then. That's how much respect Roy Kramer commanded. And they went with it, and they said, wow, this works. And then everybody else went with the conference. Okay, so now Roy has got some equity because his conference champion. So now he is a voice and a leader. And he says to the Big Ten, what if I told you you could still have your Rose Bowl, and yet you could be part of a unified national championship? Well, how in the world are we going to do that? 
We're going to come up with a BCS rotation, and there's going to be a Rose Bowl. And the only way that your teams don't play in it, the top Pac-12 and the top Rose and the top Big Ten, is if you're one of the one or two teams in this predetermined computer formula that's going to use three different formulas that are all a little bit different. Anderson and Hester is going to be based on the schedule model. Sagarin is going to be based on scores and transitive properties. I don't think we've ever figured out what the New York Times was based on, Neil, but they had a really big name in front of it. So everybody went, oh, it's New York Times. It's got to make sense. The lady I used to call her on Sundays. I'm like, how does it work? I don't know. I just put the numbers in. Okay. You know, like, okay, that was who was in charge. Anyway, so you had this predetermined formula that determined the national, and everybody, okay, we're all playing by the same rules, man. We got to schedule better. We got to win by bigger margins, although they're going to make Sager and cap the scoring margin at 35, so don't get too crazy with it, Bob Stoops. And and this is what it is, what it is. And, and the BC, and every week we'd sit around and we'd wait. And then I figured out how to game the system and TVs. Mike Griffith is projecting the BC. There's a, there were three computer ain't. It wasn't that hard. Now they got bigger. They got to go more sophisticated. Yeah. We go seven, we go eight. But the bottom line was, and Roy Kramer would later explain this to me, he took out the regionals. Oh, by the way, the polls were part of that too. They would combine the, the AP top 25 and USA. But he took out the regionalism and the human element because Roy understood, having been a part of the NCAA basketball tournament committee one time, which he said was the most miserable experience he'd ever been a part of. You would think with 64 teams back then, everybody would be happy, but they were even worse than there was when there was two. So the point was he took the human element out. Somebody somebody being television executives figured out let's put together this 13 member committee right we're going to we're going to appoint these 13 wise men i.e. human beings that we can control to manipulate and get the matchups we want because if it's a predetermined formula we can't touch it but if it's human beings we can talk to the right people and they can influence the process how dare you suggest mike griffith that these men of integrity would do anything that wasn't good for the sport, would put themselves above their fellow man instead of doing what's great. You mean like the Look Oklahoma AD that cut the backdoor deal to stab an entire conference in that man of great integrity? And I'm supposed to wonder if maybe he might have had a wee bit of an agenda in 2018 to manipulate the members around him. And oh, by the way, the Florida AD was on that committee too. I'm sure he was real excited to vote for Georgia. Oh, and the Georgia Tech AD, he was on the 2018. I'm sure he was pushing real hard for the Georgia Bowl. Give me a break. So you had people who had who had conflicts of interest. You had television executives, and don't tell me they're not there. They're trying to influence the matchups. Of course they are. They want to bring value to the brand. It's the name of the game. It's what we all do. It's why I'm on your podcast, and it's why I talk to you. You add value to me because you, Neil McCready, are are a commodity. It's no different than any walk of life. I want to do your show. It brings value to me, vice versa. You like my opinion. It's no different anywhere else. So You're bringing lots of value right now, Mike. Tell me that this committee is above all. Oh, well, they're just, they're so smart. They're so smart, Neil, that they had Tennessee number one last week and Georgia number three. How did that play out? Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, well, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You saw their number one team get destroyed. You saw their number two team trailing at Northwestern seven to zero in the second quarter and only scored 21 points against a one and eight football. That's their number two team. Oh, the committee. Oh, but this can change. Listen, I don't even want to see the rank people. What do you think is going to happen? I don't care. 
Because it doesn't matter. I, I, I took the bait. You, you had me there for a little while. I don't care. Wake me up on December 4th. Absolutely. Because that's all that matters. I was walking into the pavilion at Ole Miss to cover an exhibition basketball game. And when the, the first rankings were coming out on that Tuesday night, and Kyle Campbell, the longtime Ole Miss SID, was like, hey, wh- wh- where do you think Ole Miss is going to be? And I'm like, does it matter? I mean, you're going to play all these games. This is nothing more. And listen, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They they need TV money. They got to put something on the screen. They need something they can talk about the next day and debate and debate and debate. I get it. I get the model. And you got to have you got to have material to make the model go. One hundred percent understand it. Doesn't make me want to watch it, but I get it. <laughs> but everybody's like hung up on it. I'm like, well, you know, Tennessee and Georgia are going to play, and you know, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play, and you know, Alabama and LSU got to play. And then Alabama's got to play Ole Miss. And then LSU's got to play other games. And and it's all, it's all going to work out because it always all kind of works out. Like, TCU's got to play games. And if they win all these games, like, Clemson's got to go to Notre Dame. I was like, you know, who knows? I mean, it, it's all going to typically work out. And then – but we're going to a 12-team playoff where, frankly, it's going to be really hard to completely screw that up. Like, there might be some seating issues or whatever, and we might have a real – we will we absolutely will have a real debate about who's 11 and who's 12 and are they really better than 13 or 14. But, Mike, those teams are going to have losses, right? So those teams are going to have lost games where we can go, well, you know, Ole Miss, maybe you should have gotten in. But you know what? You shouldn't have lost by 25 at, at LSU. Or, or uh, you know, hey, I'm just making something up. Florida, maybe you belonged in. But you know what? That weird game where you lost – at Missouri, eh, you know, you shouldn't have. So, so, so it's so, going to work out. So Kramer's point was on the, on going to 12 teams is that this really isn't the best way to determine the best team. This is a way to determine a tournament champion. Exactly. Like the NCAA tournament. How many times, Neil, have we said the best team didn't win the NCAA? And sometimes they do. Sometimes back in the day when Coach K was, you know, doing whatever he did, you know, to get players and <laughs> talk about hypocrisy. Duke well, was not to interrupt you, but real quick, I mean, we, we, in this town, I mean, look, Ole Miss doesn't want to admit it out loud because they won the baseball championship and they got super hot and it was a great story, but they were the last team into the tournament. Was Ole Miss the best team in college baseball last year? No, Tennessee probably was, but you know, Ole Miss won the tournament and it turned it into a tournament sport. It turned and, into and, a tournament sport. And, and Hey, America loves tournaments. But the only thing I'll say that the saving grace that that in in, in Greg Sankey is brilliant, and I don't, and so was Mike's live, and and the beautiful thing about the SEC, and I, I was talking to Coach Kramer about this too, is that everybody was great for their era. You know, your Roy Kramer was tremendous at a time when when the SEC needed unification and ideas and and an ability to raise its profile. Because I'd wake up and read those rankings, and I'd go, they did it to the SEC again. I mean, they really did. It's hard to imagine, but there was a time when the SEC didn't have this national respect. Tommy it always defaulted, right? You remember, yeah. you grew up the same, yeah. and it was it kind of upset, you know. So then comes Slide with the marketing, which is brilliant because now you've got the programs, but you've got to be able to market it. And, and Slide kind of started the best, the turnaround for best. And then Sankey, more the man of the people. Now these coaching salaries are just just ballooning and just ridiculous where the coaches have the power because money is power and power is money. And so you got to have a guy 
that all these coaches, for all their money and all their power, or all their rage in the case of Jimbo Fisher, and all their social media sophistication and and and, and you know obnoxiousness in the case of Lane Kiffin, you got to have one guy that everybody agrees is the smartest guy in the room. You know, I might have more money than you. I might be more powerful than you. I might be angrier than you. I might be able. But you know what, Greg Sankey, you are just so damn smart. We all got to pull out the dictionary every time. How many syllables did that word have? Did I spell that right? I mean, and I and 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 I don't think he tries to be. No, he's just I think Greg's smart. the quiet guy in the back of the room that was never cool. And he grew up and became so successful. And everybody's realizing what a prize he is. And he's in, he's in, he's at the party. Greg Sankey, you've arrived. You're in the middle of the party that you never got invited to growing up while you were studying and hitting the books and becoming this incredible intellectual. And now you're the leader of the most powerful conference and everybody agrees to listen to you. You're the smart guy that says, hey, guys, really, you need to go home. Okay, it's time to turn out the lights or no, we really that seems like a good idea, guys, but you really don't want to do that. Right. He's he's just done an unbelievable job leading this conference, Neil. I mean, this is this is such a great time for the league with all these personalities and dynamics. And I mean, I, I just and, and, and Lane is a part of the fabric, turning bringing it back home to where we started. I don't want to you know, there was a time when Lane left Tennessee. It's just it's just the truth. It was a complete mess. It was a it, you know what he was? It was a messy breakup. He was the boyfriend that broke your daughter's heart and was horrible to her. And you said, I never want to see that kid in my house again. That guy was terrible. And three years later, she's still crying, i.e. investigation that lasted three years and ruined the next two boyfriends, right? But Lane's remade himself. And now, you know, I want more Lane Kiffin, more cowbell, more Lane Kiffin. That's what I say. I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago. But now I, Lane's all grown up, right? At least appears to be appears to be and and he's he's doing things with a different tone he's still he's still a guy you got to keep your eye on but he's doing things in more of a fun less destructive way he's not you know what he's he's not egging houses anymore neil he's toilet paper he's not leaving lasting damage i like where lane is at i like the color that he adds and most most importantly i like his teams i mean oh this is exciting to watch can they beat alabama saturday yes absolutely they can they can, but which Alabama? So because yeah, because yeah, so the Saban thing is fascinating, right? I mean, they they always play consequential games week year, week after week, year after year, decade after decade. As crazy as that sounds, now, I mean, look, I guess it's conceivable that 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 LSU could lose to Arkansas and Texas A and M. Respectfully to Coach Pruitt, I disagree. I, I think I think LSU is going to win out, but. It's it's conceivable that they lose, and and if they do, then Alabama could eke back into it. But realistically, Alabama's out of the title picture. Realistically, Alabama's not playing in the playoff. They're not playing for the national championship. That's that's realistically at this point. It would take a miracle. Um, and if that's the case, do they play with the same edge? Do they play with the same focus? Do they do they play with the same you know spirit? I, I don't know the answer to that because we haven't seen a Nick Saban team be put in that position and. Hell, 10 years. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. You know, it happened to Georgia a couple of years ago uh, in, in 20, uh, 2020 when uh, the SEC, the men of great integrity, instead of just taking the next two games that were supposed to be on the schedule, just threw a brand new schedule together. 
And Florida's not going to have to play Alabama this year after all, just because. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, and George is supposed to finish the year playing Vanderbilt and Florida finishes against Tennessee. Hmm, what a coincidence. So not trying to say they didn't set up Florida to win the East or anything like that. <clears throat> but anyway, Georgia got knocked out. Now they had some circumstances, guy getting a motorcycle wreck, Jordan Davis gets hurt. Anyway, they lose, they're out. And now for the first time since 2016, Georgia's playing regular season games that that aren't of conference championship consequence. So what's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what, Mississippi State fans are going, we can tell you what happened. We Can can I answer? We held Georgia to eight yards rushing in Sanford Stadium, but this JT Daniels guy comes out of nowhere, hadn't played in a year and a half, and he throws for 401 yards. And that guy at Alabama, they can't catch passes. They was, they, they apparently he was trying to knock a camera out of a girl's hands, but everybody said he hit her. That guy, he caught 197 yards with balls and eight catches. That's what happened. One guy came riding in on a wide horse and saved the night. Or Georgia probably goes down the tubes and doesn't have a top 10 season. But JT Daniels arrived and was balling. Now, does Alabama have a catalyst? Oh, Bryce Young, not so coincidentally, went to the same school as JT, modern day. Bryce Young is gold. He is one of these people. For sure. And there's not many of them. We run like Tim Tebow. We talk about these, uh, these, these, these student athletes that are just – they're all very good. You have to understand everybody's good and starters are great. And then, and, and all SEC and all are elite, but you get these, these, these special halo, Sean Alexander, special guys that are just magical. Bryce Young is magical. He really is. And he's surrounded by, I don't know if it, think about if it wasn't for Bryce Young, they lose to AM, they lose to tech. You could be talking about a four or five, lo- four or five loss team right now, Neil. Oh, for sure. They would have well, they definitely would have lost to Texas. They definitely would have lost to Texas AM. Um, they wouldn't have jumped out ahead of Arkansas. So who knows what happens that day? But they'd be a four-loss team for sure. No doubt. So so the question becomes, how does Alabama respond? And then the other questions, like, so one of the benefits of talking to Pruitt is it's like you're, you know, it's like uh cracking the code, right? This is the guy that can interpret you know, what Nick Saban is thinking because he's been in the lock and, and he knows Kirby. And that's why Jeremy's such a great guest because he he sat in those rooms for hours and he knows how these guys think. And, and after losses, Nick is very positive, he says, and, 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 and gets everybody's mind right. And, uh, and you just have to wonder to your point though, now that after that LSU game was so devastating and, and how brilliant, how brilliant of Brian Kelly not to put the ball back in Bryce Young's hands, knowing that that's the best player in college football. I don't care who wins the Heisman Trophy. Give me the first pick. I'm taking Bryce Young. And the, if you could let me pick any college player, slightly ahead of Jalen Carter, because Bryce touches the ball. But, he's, you know, Brian Kelly can say what he wants. Well, I thought my team, I thought this. No, no, coach. You didn't want to put it back in that guy's hands. And that was smart. Great coaches will tell you, whether we're talking about baseball, softball, whatever, never let the other team's best player beat you. And Bryce Young was not on the field, and that was LSU's chance to win. He took it. He won. So what happens next? A lot of this is going to be determined by Bryce Young and how Bryce responds. So far, he's been a champion. A lot of this is going to be determined by Pete Golding and what happens in that meeting with Nick Saban. And I mean, there's some talented guys over there, Neil. I mean, this wasn't supposed to happen Alabama this year. No. I've had people come at me and go, Man, you you said this was going to be Saban's best team, and I'm like, well, you have to understand, 
I didn't make that up. That was something that was coming. That was something that was coming out of that building in Tuscaloosa. That's what we saw. What we saw it in the in the championship game. We thought, well, they're gonna, you know, the Jameer get. He's been everything he's supposed to be, but but the receiver part is is where the disconnect has been. And and when you're not scoring thirty and forty points, all of a sudden, all those warts on your defense. We all, oh, Will Anderson, big play. Yeah, the other team's playing from two and three touchdowns behind. You're gonna get a few sacks. But when your offense isn't lighting it up with the consistency and your defense is giving up explosives and not making them earn it, I mean, my goodness, could their game plan against Tennessee have been any worse? Now they got a bad break. They didn't get exactly a, an officiating crew that let them play back there. And it took everything to go wrong. It took very poor clock management. It took a missed field goal by three feet. Another field goal that got partially blocked. It took a cast like a plane crash. It's never one thing. It's a lot of things had to go wrong. And here we are. And And to your point, Lane, I'm telling you, man, Lane could be coaching for an SEC SEC championship game appearance. I mean, I, I you know that line's only two and a half points LSU at Arkansas. Neil, what, what is it about that LSU Arkansas game that I'm missing? You, you guys are all smarter than me, and I'll admit that out loud. I, I watched a good bit of Arkansas Liberty the other day, and Arkansas was just ineffective offensively pretty much the entire game. The strength of their team has been the offensive front. They were having a hard time communicating. Uh, if you made me guess, I would guess KJ Jefferson's hurt. Um, Sanders is a terrific back. I don't, I, frankly, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is. Defensively, they've improved a little bit, but they're still a mess. Um, what is it about that matchup in Fayetteville that makes people so confident that that Arkansas can beat LSU? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Operative words in Fayetteville. They're not in Tiger Stadium under the lights playing Alabama. You're not going to be able to match that intensity. You're not going to be able to match that focus. It's going to be harder to take Arkansas serious after they just lost to Liberty. And if you're Arkansas, I think you and I would agree, Sam Pittman is a special man. He is a very good coach. He is a motor. That is a unified, that is a program that in three short years, it's not like they've turned it around and they're filled with five stars. That's that's not how they were beating teams. That's not how they got in the top 10. They got in the top 10 with synergy, with the being greater than the sum of all the parts. They got in the top 10 because they're a community team. And say what you want about Northwest Arkansas. I used to detest it. I went up there this year and I said, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. This is the future. It's happening here. This place is happening. I would invest in Northwest Arkansas. Bigger and better things are going to happen. They will be bankrolled. They have the corporate sponsors in place. They have the famous alumni, and they have the coach that unifies all of them. And this is a perfect opportunity in a rivalry game to reach up and pull LSU back down. And, and, and they've had – this has been probably a soul-searching week and, you know, a gut-check week. And, and you know, they had a couple of kids arrested on Saturday night. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that he had their attention on Sunday in, in the meeting room. Now, there's talk about – there's some friction between he and Kendall Bryles. I think that's – I think there's accuracy to that. Uh, there's, there's talk about, you know, are they playing – KJ stubbornly when the other kid maybe needs to come in and play since KJ is not healthy. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know their roster as well as other people do, but I'm interested in it. I just, I've watched LSU. I saw him in person in Baton Rouge a couple weeks ago. And then I watched obviously on television against Alabama and boy, Jaden Daniels is going to give Arkansas defense. He's, he's amazing. But you know what, Neil, I watched him at Auburn and they were down 17 to zero in the middle of the second quarter. And if Auburn doesn't fumble, and I watched him get housed by Tennessee. It's a I, crazy I, sport, and, isn't it? And I love and I love me some Brian Kelly. I think he's a fantastic coach, but LSU is a different place. And I don't know that the culture is where it needs to be quite yet. We haven't seen the consistent. I was all in on LSU. I was like, oh, LSU. Oh, here they go. And Tennessee, and then Tennessee just bulldozed him. And that's what happens when you're trying to build a so I I'm not sold yet because you know. It's not like they beat an Alabama team that we're, you know, I mean, A&M had Alabama on the road. Texas, this is not vintage Alabama. The Alabama that you beat in Tiger Stadium under the lights, which is worth what, 10, 13 points? That is not a vintage. And by the way, you needed a lost two-point conversion play. I mean, that was not a vintage. So this is not the same Alabama. And so that that's part of what, you know, kind of goes into my thinking. And so the fact that LSU beat them, I don't know that that necessarily, you know, inflates, you know, I, LSU's playing good ball and I'm with you on Jaden Daniels. You know, he beat uh, Justin Herbert as a true freshman when he was at Arizona state actually knocked Oregon out of the playoffs. I mean, he's a gamer. I love this kid, but, but those hogs, I'll tell you, they're, they're hard nosed. They're going to play with pride. They're not a team that's not, you know, a lot of programs you lose, you're not playing for anything, it's over. And, and, but that's a program that doesn't go away. You're, and I'll give them credit the COVID year, Arkansas didn't cancel any games. Some of these coaches and programs, Neil, they took the easy way out. 
I fully believe that. I'm not going to call out Jimbo Fisher's name and say that he did that in the bowl game. All right. I'm not going to call out the regular season against Ole Miss. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to call out Vanderbilt and mention how they canceled two out of three twice on Georgia, but managed to play a game with Tennessee in between. I'm not going to call those people out, but some people took the easy way out. And Arkansas was one of them that didn't. And, and Sam Pittman, by God, he's a man, man. You know, when he had his job interview and they came to interview him, it was cookies and milk. I'm not kidding you. He served, they, his wife made his special chocolate chip cookies and they had cookies and milk on the table for the job. That's Sam damn Pitt. There's something about this guy who serves cookies and milk, but he'll bury you six feet deep in a minute. I, I don't know how to explain the dynamic. It, he's, he's, you know, he'd be, he, you know, he belongs on Ozark. He should have been a character on Ozark. We're going to the house to see Sam and he's this gentleman. And you look in the backyard and you say, is that a hand sticking out of the ground? Because there's something about the guy that he's lovable and wonderful, but his players rip your head off on Saturdays. Yeah, it's fascinating. You're you're awesome. All right, last thing, last thing. You're covering Georgia. Um, you saw them win a championship a year ago. You saw them just kind of ride the roller coaster a little. They look like they're cruising right now. Is this a championship team? Because Mike, I'll be honest, I watched the landscape, and I'm like, well, everybody talks about Ohio State, but every time I watch them, I'm like, I don't know. People talk about Michigan. I think Michigan's actually pretty good. Um, they they pass the eye test. We've talked about the three teams in the West that could potentially get there, whether it's LSU or Ole Miss or, I guess, conceivably Alabama. None of those teams look like they're ready to really challenge Georgia in a in a championship game. Is there anyone out there that, if you're a Georgia fan, you're fearing right now? Or is it just you fear yourself? You know, this opinion does not make me popular with Georgia fans, and I don't voice it very often. So shh, don't tell anybody I said this. Just us. Last year's Georgia and this year's Georgia, they don't come close to 2019 LSU or 2020 Alabama or even 2018 Clemson, but they don't have to. They only have to be the best amid this landscape. And the fact of the matter is this landscape, has, 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 it, the greatness, the, the teams are more leveled out. NIL has been a factor. It's harder than ever to maintain focus through a season and and yes, at the end of the day, Georgia has more five stars. But more importantly, and, and this is where I sound like a big water carrier, it's Kirby Smart, Neil. Th- this guy keeps these guys sharp. I mean, he keeps an edge. There was a there was audio that leaked last week from Georgia, which is which is hilarious because you go to Georgia practice and Kirby's on this microphone the whole time and he's dogging out everybody. And there ought to be like parental advisory warnings like within a block of the Sanford Stadium practice facility because you're going to hear some things and no that's not uh the 82nd airborne training that is a head football coach trying to get the attention of 18 to 22 year olds and let them know in no uncertain terms that that level of execution is not going to be accepted but he doesn't exactly use those words and so this audio leaked of Kirby's alphabet soup of motivation and Tennessee, oh, look at that. We got him worried. Oh, he's not confident. He's dog. It's like, no, that's just another day at the office out there, yeah. guys. Yeah. So that when you get in front of 90,000 and it's static noise and there's confusion and madness, you're accustomed to this. Now, I'm going to say this. I, I was a very, very fortunate young man to serve in the military at a peacetime where I never had to be deployed. I'm not 
one of the American heroes that went overseas and had to put their life on the line. I was trained to, I was prepared to, I lived that life as a paratrooper for three years. The phone rings. I got to be anywhere in the world in 24 hours. Let me tell you, I was of a mindset that I wanted the phone to ring. That's how I was prepared. Now, some people say, don't compare the military to football. No, no, it's kind of the same. And not to insult, again, the veterans that served, that sacrificed. I had the highest regard. I was ready to die for the flag on my show. I still am. I, 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 is it brave? No, I just realized there's a greater good. It's a whole other show. But the point of the matter is, I was in it for my brother. And I was in it for the, I was in it for the flag. And I was in it for the team and I was willing to make the sacrifice and I was prepared to make the sacrifice. And I didn't think about my well-being. I thought about what I was trained to do. If that phone rang, I knew exactly how it was going to go down. These guys train every day and they know exactly how it's got to go down. And because they have that belief and buy-in in their football coach, and all you got to do is look at the NFL draft. There were 15 guys that marched across the stage from Georgia. And if you follow the same trail and the same training regimen, you have a chance to be one of those guys. So the level of buy-in is unbelievable. And that's first and foremost for any coach, whether we're talking Pat Summit, Bruce Pearl, Terry Bowden, Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban, Sam Pittman, you've got to have the level of buy-in. And when you put that level of buy-in, the Georgia and Kirby Smart and the momentum they've built, and you put that together, Man, that gives you a big margin for error. That gives you a margin for error that when you're down 10 at Missouri and you should lose that game because your quarterback's not playing well and Missouri struck the right game plan at the right time on the right Saturday, and somehow you win that game, right? Because you've got enough level. You never gave in. You never gave it a second thought. You never questioned your coach. You never said, I'm going to try something. No, no. You stayed in the system, just like the plan against Tennessee. Do you realize Tennessee didn't have a game longer than 17 yards until there was four and a half minutes left and the game was over? And it was and it went for 28. Okay. That is unbelievable. Nobody's been, talking about the hurry up defense. That's, well, that doesn't sell. The college football club playoff committee, you know, boo boo Corrigan. What, like, what kind of name is that? Like, how bad does your real name have to be if you go by boo? Like, did your wife give you that name and it sounded kind of sweet, so you went with it? Dude, that's not cool. I don't know. Boo, boo, what, you know, ghost for Halloween every year? Where do you get that name? But so there's boo. Boo will be out there talking to us tonight, by the way. But my point, the point is, yes, I <laughs> I, I don't see another team. I, there would have to be a team with center. So, so let me throw some darts out there. Maybe Tennessee gets hot and gets that four spot, and they get the revenge factor. Maybe. And they get them in a dome. Maybe, maybe, maybe Clemson changes court. Hey, Dabble, line one, change quarterbacks. Good God, man. It's not that hard. You're not smarter than the world on this one. I don't care how much you're paying the kid. I don't care about the pipeline to LA. The best guy's not playing. Put him in. Let's say they put him in. They start winning big and everybody goes, oh, this is a different Clemson. We're going to put them over Tennessee as the fourth team if they win. Maybe Clemson gets hot. I don't know. You know, what about LSU? What if this, this voodoo? Maybe Brian Kelly made a deal with, a, uh, uh, you know, one of the palm reader when he got down there. And 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 LSU catches magic in Jaden Daniels. Could they pull the 2001 circa LSU Tennessee up? I don't think so. Don't so, think so. Oh, but Michigan, Miss, no, no chance. Listen, let me tell you, there is nothing Kirby Smart wants than to kick Michigan's ass again. He had to hear John Harbaugh 
in, in the offseason say that there's two programs that prepare players better for the NFL better than any, Alabama and Michigan. Okay, John, your Ravens were losing six games in a row. You lost, you, you probably didn't watch the game. You called your brother Jim and said, how did it go? We lost, but we prepare players better than Georgia for the NFL. Got it. I mean, listen, Michigan ain't going to be that team, man. Ohio State, you would have thought could have been that team because of Stroud, but they don't have the same. They got good receivers, but not last Last year's Ohio State, yes. Yes, yes, yes. When Kirby Smart was coming off the field, DJ Shockley told me this. He's the, he's the color guy for uh, – he does the, the analyst, the color analyst for uh, Georgia. After every game, Kirby would say, how do Ohio State do today? That was the team. That was the team that, that Georgia was concerned with was Ohio State. Not this year. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're not concerned with them, but that's yeah, not sure. necessarily the case this year. So, to your question, I, I guess it's Georgia. I don't see anybody else, Neil. Don't I, see it. I agree with you. So, if anybody's going, he's a homer, I'm like, no, nah, he's right. I don't, I don't think you're being a homer at all. I've, I've watched. I'm trying to, like, find the team that I'm like, okay, that's the team that could beat Georgia. And the only no. team – I got one. Now, now, Oregon in a rematch. Now, this is crazy. You're saying, wait, wait, wait. Oh, really? Do you realize Oregon did not go three and out until the fourth quarter? Oregon outrushed Georgia. Oregon did not give up a sack. The scoreboard did not – did not. and, and Reese Davis said this the other day. Even though that was 49-3, to Georgia was every bit as dominant, if not more so, against Tennessee in 27-13 to as they were against Oregon at 49-3. Oregon had turnovers on two of their first three drives, got behind, and Georgia was incredibly proficient on their scoring, scoring touchdowns on the first seven drives, first time that happened in the SEC in four or five years. So, And, and they game-planned Dan. And Dan's still like learning, now, what was your name again, first game of the season? Yeah, He's it was still learning, first you know. game with that team, yeah, sure. So could Oregon, Oregon, you know, what about USC, Caleb Williams? He's, that guy's pretty daggone good. But He's good. I, I have I a hard know. time believing they have the de- – but to your point, I'd say by default, right? I, I can't think of anybody else. I just and George is just so focused, and Kirby does such a great job keeping the and, and the, really the whole staff. I mean, he's got an awesome. Todd Munkin is they run in the NFL offense. They're playing chestnut checkers. They're changing plays at the line of scrimmage. There are not many teams that can do what they do yeah. in their offensive scheme, where they can change protections, routes, and go to the line with a pass and a run call. You could be in the right defense and be wrong. And then on the flip side, you know, Will Muschamp say what you want about a head coach fantastic defensive mind fantastic so this they're they're dialed in man i i never would have thought this i'd never i'm like am i gonna have to do a book do i have to if they win two do i have to do a book because it's like all these backstories like i don't think people really realize how much has gone into this because it's not just rolling five stars out there and winning like the stetson bennett story like i don't know if he starts for any other team in the league at the beginning of the year I don't know if another program says, I'll trade you my guy for Stetson, but here he is looking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's – we were doing the whole Heisman thing the other day, and I was like, well, I mean, it's not it's not Bryce Young anymore. Um, it's not Anderson. We talked about that before the year. It's not him. Uh, you know, maybe it's Bo Nix. Maybe it's C.J. Stroud. Someone brought up – trying to think what was the other name um, – the kid at North Carolina, I'm like, yeah, but he's a little late to the party. Probably, probably didn't arrive in time. It maybe it is Stetson Bennett. Maybe Stetson ends up winning a Heisman by default. I mean, he'll at least be in New York. Yeah. He, he, the, the, he will be in that room. There's no doubt 
that his story has to end. It, it just sometimes things just happen. It's like watching a NASCAR race. You know, gee, I wonder how Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to do in the second race at Daytona this year. Hmm. Sometimes things just have a way of working out. I think Stetson Bennett's going to be sitting in New York as a finalist. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he's going to be in that room. That's just the way the movie's got to end. I mean, it's just that that's and then, you know, he rides off into the Los Angeles. sun. I mean, it's like, of course, that's what's going to even though that's the most improbable, illogical, irrational, inconceivable thought any of us could have had when he was the four string quarterback in the spring of 2021, who threw exactly four passes and went to the coach's office and said, am I even going to get to compete? And Kirby said, sure, I'll move you up to number three. OK, now he's number three. And then JT goes down and Kirby says Monday that Carson Beck is my number two. But then Carson has a bad practice that day. So Stetson becomes the number two. And then he's announced on the scoreboard as the starter. And everybody boos before the UAB game against this Bill Clark guy that, that Kirby saw. This is one of the greatest minds. This is one of the greatest people. Oh, my God. They're going to be. And Bill Clark can't figure out that that bunch formation that they always run out of. Well, guess what, Bill? Not today. And they're going to fool you with it once, twice, three times, and he's going to throw five touchdowns in the first half on UAB. And, and they're all wide open. And your mom can complete the And you're going, that's the legendary coach that you – yes, yes, time to retire, Bill. It is. And Stetson Bennett now has this launch point and five t- and ties the school record in one half. And then Kirby plays him the next, and, and and he takes JT out after three series. Again. Why'd you put? St- oh, he just deserved to play. Kirby said, "Uh oh, the head coach has an idea. The seed has been planted, and when the head coach sees something a certain way, Neil, it's going to be hard. It's like when I was working with Spurrier last year. So we do this Steve Spurrier coaching award. I called him a couple of years ago. I say I've got this first year coach of the year award, and I've had it since two thousand. I don't have a name on it." Would you like to, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yep, sounds pretty good. Pretty, You know, the 1990 Gators, we really should have won the SEC. I'm going to tell you what happened. They kind of took it away from us, and they really shouldn't have, but it was kind of an agreement to blah, blah, blah. Okay, so now he's got a reason, and he's excited. And so last year, we're trying to decide, okay, well, we got Shane Beamer, coach. We got Josh Hype. We got to sort this out. Yeah, yeah, not Shane. Not Shane's a good one. Yeah, oh, yeah, four different quarterbacks. One with four different quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, that was good. Now, Hype, now he's interesting. Now, that is interesting. That is very interesting. Off. I like what he's doing. How'd they lose to Purdue? I said, well, I, coach, we got to pick one. No, no, you know what? No, 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 we don't. No, we don't. No, we really, no, we really do. Because we have two coaches from the same league in the same division, and this isn't going to look good because you're from the same. This is now, now, Mike, now, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to have two winners because they deserve it. And people are going to like it. And that's what we're going to do. And, and, and I called Doring. He said, did you talk to coach? I said, Chris Doring is responsive. I said, yeah, I talked to him. What did he say? I said, he said, what we're going to do. And yeah, Chris, yeah, that's what I thought. That's coach is going to do what coach is going to do. So if you're going to have the Steve Spurrier Award, don't have any illusions. There's not going to be a rubber stamp. There's not going to be a sign-off. The head coach is going to decide who the winners are. Yeah. And Kirby had decided who his quarterback was, unbeknownst to the rest of us. He liked this kid and his guts and his stick to and his playmaking ability and having a mobile quarterback. He recognized the problems. And even though he was still a little rough around the edges, Kirby knew that he could do just enough, especially with that defense they had on the other side. Just don't mess it up. Just don't mess it up, Stat. 
make enough plays, show me that grit, bring that mobility to the table, and don't mess it up. And JT's in reserve. And here's the good news. If you start stat, you know you can bring JT in, and JT can still bring you the firepower. If you start JT, Stat hadn't done so good coming off the bench. Pick on first series, South Carolina. Pick on So you play one, you have both. You play the other, you only have one. So it was the perfect play for Kirby, and it made sense. And I said during the offseason, I was well, that's, you know, you can't because he's not. And then a different Stetson Bennett came out this year, Neil. He worked on his intermediate throws. He worked on his footwork. He became more familiar with the offense. Monk had designed a scheme around him. And lo and behold, this this year's version is legit. Last year it was, hey, just don't mess it up. They can win despite him. Hand it off. Throw the deep ball. Don't ask me. This year, though. Stetson Bennett's legit, man. He's bona fide. I'll be the first to say that. Last year, I wasn't all in. And I was I was critical. I said, I think the other guy's better. You are. Yeah, you are. I, and, and I still think last, the other guy was better last year. But this year, this guy's been great. He, he's done a great now. He's had a couple rough moments. But when he's needed, like that Tennessee game, I, I thought he was outstanding. I, I tipped my cap to Stetson Bennett. He played great. Let's let's see how he does. The cowbells will be ringing. It's a little bit different environment. Awful dark. Not, they say it's not the end of the world, but you can see the end of the world from Starkville. People say you're going on a trip. I said I'm not going on that trip. Not baseball season. I'm staying home and watching. This is the one game I'm not going because I've been there and I. It's nice and don't get don't take it personal. But I've got you know I that's you know it's Starkville and and I'll go to Kentucky next week. But it is yeah. what it now. If it was Oxford, I'm in. I want to see the Grove. I want to see land. I want to see the uniform. I want to see it all. Starkville? Ah, no, I'll pass on the chicken fried steak this weekend. Thank you. Uh, Mike, you could run for governor of, uh, well, you couldn't run for governor of Mississippi anymore, but you could run for mayor of Oxford and win win an absolute runaway right now. People, Is there anything about Mike Leach anymore, by the way, that's funny? Is there anything left? Because No, it's, 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 it's a tired act. It, it just um, it is. It's a tired act. It's. I think when they hired him, they thought he would counterbalance Kiffin. Yeah. And if anything, he's elevated Kiffin. I mean, I just, you know, I, I even asked Kirby, I said, you know, you've coached against, you know, what is there, is there anything interesting or odd or eccentric about what he does now or, you know, beyond the, yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's, it's, it's a good way. You said it, but it's a tired act. It's like, it's like an old comedian that goes out and you say, you know, there was a time when people thought this guy was funny. You ever watch some of the old comedy clips and you hear how they tell these bad jokes and everybody's laughing and saying, did we used to think happy days was funny? Did we think, was that, is that fun? Was that really? Cause and back then it was, and back then it was, we, when we were kids, we watched happy days and you watch the Fonz and you're like, is he going to make it over the shark? And, but now that everything's modernized now and you watch it and you're like, man, I've seen breaking bad. I watched the office. I, I, I I'm not watching that crap. It's, that's like the Mike Leach show. Oh, we've got a hilarious interview. We're going to bring it with Mike Leach, and he's going to talk about Halloween candy. Like, who thinks that's funny? Is somebody's grandparents laughing at this? Like, this is like, and and I'm sorry, but at one point, at one point, like that name was was on the cutting edge of of this, and but now they didn't score till what their last possession against Alabama, right? Yeah, I, I just you know, and so. I don't know what to say. I mean, maybe he's a good quarterback, but if you're Mississippi State, and, and here's another question for you. This is you, maybe you can answer this. So Auburn hired the Mississippi State AD, right? Yeah, John Cohen. I think it was a third choice. Yeah, but I was gonna like, okay, so but like why? So like what has Mississippi State done that's better than Auburn 
Uh, you can say football, but, but in, in terms of all the other athletic programs, is there is there any groundbreaking ideas here? Is there- you know what? And you know what about the Cohen thing that's interesting to me? Um, and I've kept you way too long, but this is interesting, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Cohen, he's come in, and they had to make in their press release, hey, John Cohen's coming in, and it's going to be his program, and we promised him autonomy. I'm not making fun of, like, Mandel or Tamil or whoever wrote that. They, they That's what they said to him. He just reported it. Why do you have to say that out loud? What does that mean? And then even, like, we're taping this on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, you know, there's stories breaking that that Cohen says, well, I mean, when, when we hire a football coach, I'll be the one that signs off on I have the last word. Uh, okay, why do you have to say that out loud? Why is, why is that? Yeah. Because you're saying it so profoundly because you're almost trying to talk it into existence. The truth is Jimmy Rain's going to hire your football coach. Uh, the, the, the boosters are going to hire your football coach, and you're just going to be the guy at the press conference that says, ladies and gentlemen, Coach X, his lovely wife, uh, <laughs> Tiffany, their children, Billy, Jenny, Janie, ladies and gentlemen, War Eagle. I mean, I, I, that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're going to wear a nice tie, and it's going to be orange and blue stripe, and it, it, you're going to bring them in, and Coach is going to stand up, and you're going to introduce. But you didn't hire him. You're telling me that they they're going to go spend. I mean, they're dropping these Dan Lanning rumors. Dan Lanning's not leaving Oregon for Auburn today. Look, here's the thing about Auburn. And I, I covered Auburn. Auburn's great, but when Auburn wins and they've won, they've had periods where they really won. Alabama was mortal. Georgia was good, but Georgia was mortal. Right, they were just a good program. Georgia was solid. Yeah, you you didn't you didn't you didn't want to schedule Georgia, but you didn't fear them. Um, Alabama had Dennis Franchoni or, or uh, Mike Shula or Mike Dubose, guys that did good things. They were fine. They didn't scare you. They didn't revolutionize the sport. It wasn't Nick Saban? And and so now the Auburn job, you walk into it today. And the guy that you got to play every year over there just across the state line is running the preeminent program in the country, probably about to repeat as national champ. The guy that's still in your state has won, what is it, seven titles, eight titles? I don't know. He's played for 50 titles in the last 12 years. Um, I mean, he won the even a year last year when he didn't win the national championship. He kicked Georgia's ass for the SEC championship. I mean, it, people that are like, oh, well, the dynasty's over – Kiffin, to his credit, was like, "Hey, don't don't do that. It's, it's goat fuel. Stop." Yeah, I love that. Was and I was great. It was such a funny deal. I, I was the guy sitting there right in front of him, laughing out loud. He was looking at me like, "Stop laughing. You're gonna make me." Laugh. <laughs> um, and I couldn't. I was just I cracked me up. I'd never heard goat fuel before. I started laughing. Um, <laughs> but he's right. And so you walk into that job, and that's the first two things that you're up against. The Oxford Exxon Podcast brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle, based in Madison, Mississippi, represents clients in more than 20 states. They've got advisors in multiple states as well. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. Pinnacle investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. It's mypinwealth.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Get in touch with John if you're thinking about Planning a special trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories, all you got to do is give him some parameters, give him a budget. He's going to give options 
that you're not going to find on your own, and you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387, or send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. We're also brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. Uh, Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, and more. 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford. Also brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency has been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Are you on the job hunt? Whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, so much more. They can help you, and it's always free for the candidate. All the conversations are kept confidential, so get in touch with the people at Service Specialist. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you too. Payment of service solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. Nothing to lose, so give Will, Sidney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. We're also brought to you We're also brought to you by Corinth Dental. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself every day. Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. Go to CorinthDental.com. They have 12 months. 12 months, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Also brought to you by Pinpoint Real Estate, based out of Jackson. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as industrial, retail, office, medical, and land. B.B. Mitchell with Pinpoint provides a plethora of commercial real estate services, but his core focus is sourcing investment properties for his clients. He advises his clients looking to acquire income-producing property with all risk tolerance levels, ranging from vacant buildings to investment-grade stabilized assets. To learn more, get in touch with B.B. at 601-934-5008. And brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions. Get in touch with them. It's also a great place for event planning, uh, parties, uh, conventions, that kind of thing. So get in touch with them at on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Well, that's a hell of a big a mountain to climb. And and then you've got Brian Kelly at LSU, and you've got um, you you've got whatever Texas A and M ultimately does because they've got tons of resources. And you Arkansas, never forget Arkansas, Fayetteville. And if Lane's Walmart. still at if Lane's still at Ole Miss, Lane's turned Ole Miss into a top fifteen program. Um, you you yeah, and you're right about Arkansas. A lot of people don't like hearing that because my kids go there and they think I'm a fan and stuff. But there's tons and tons of money, and people up there say it's the next Austin. It's beautiful. And a lot of people go, it probably is the next Austin because of the money that's pouring in. Regardless, you've got – and Texas is coming into the league. Oklahoma's coming into the league. And if they have the right people in place, they're going to be dangerous. And so, yeah, if you're Auburn, sure, it's a great program, proud history, all that stuff, Bo and all that stuff, Cam Newton, and you can win a title there, no question about it, but it's really hard. And I don't know that I, – I just don't know that the people are lined up for that job the way that – 
people think they are. And if you told me a month from now, they're like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, what are we, what are we doing? I, like they've turned their nose up at Hugh Freeze and Hugh Freeze, I think internally some people there have turned their nose up at Hugh Freeze and Hugh Freeze makes more sense than anybody on their list. I agree. I, that's who I thought it would be. But, you know, in, in talking about the lay of the land here in the West and just in the SEC in general with all these schools coming in from the West, you know, I, I hope your your Ole Miss boosters or check writers are listening because if Ole Miss loses Lane Kiffin, I don't know who you get that keeps Ole Miss on the map among that lit among that landscape that you just named very difficult you you would have to kind of hit a home run with with someone sort of out of the blue and is that guy out there well sure there's somebody out there but can you can you locate him and find him and come in there deals there's not there's there's not there's not anybody else that's going to grab the attention of young people like lane kiffin no you'd have nobody no you'd have to rebuild it be very very difficult we're talking generate we're talking 10 15 this person's not you know coach a head coach yet like this person isn't on the radar that you're you're trying to describe you're absolutely kiffin shoes at old miss you're absolutely so whatever it takes it's what i wrote that on sunday i wrote hey look you know you got to sit down and say unless you're just hell-bent on leaving Tell us what you want and at least give us an opportunity to get as close to it as we can get. And you want to keep him as long as you can keep him. And knowing there's going to come a day where somebody just offers him the moon and the sun and he has to take it. But I don't think it's Auburn. If it is, I'm I'm shocked. But I don't, that that doesn't feel right. If you told me in three years, it was two years, it's Alabama. Okay. I see it. And and, and to to the point we made earlier, Auburn's not going to let Lane be Lane. It's not no. going to be the same Lynn there. No, and and you know what you, your goal if you're Ole Miss is that you keep him, and the longer you keep him, the more the roots grow, and the more the roots grow, the more he thinks you know what this is okay, and the more that he thinks this is okay, the more he thinks we could do this, and you get to a twelve team playoff, and he makes it a couple of times, and once you're in a playoff, man, it's anything a, can happen. It's a playoff, right? I mean, you watch the NCAA tournament. We talked about this in a playoff setting. Look, Missouri almost beat Georgia this year. If Missouri and, and Lane's it. a great play caller. That's yeah. the other thing. He gives you that chance, and the quarterbacks love him. They <laughs> love Lane Kiffin. Health kicks in. Maybe you play a team they're a little beaten up. You beat them in a quarterfinal. You get to a semifinal. You get a matchup that's advantageous. And before you know it, you're playing for the whole thing. I mean, that's that's a playoff. That's we're going to see that. You saw it in the NFL all the time, right? I mean, uh, you know, the the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. I great mean, example. You know, I mean, it, it's it, it's it's. Eli Manning's two titles were both as wild card teams. So it, it just once you make the tournament, my good friend Dan Jennings with the uh, Washington Nationals was with the Miami Marlins, Florida Marlins. They won two titles once, knocking my Cubs out on the way. But he used to say their whole deal was just make the tournament. Okay, so here's my question. Just so, make so the here's, tournament. So here's the elephant in the room. I want to ask you about this. Is right. this is the rumor? This is. Can the Mannings bridge with Kiffin? Is there is there is is that what old, is that what Old Miss needs for the complete unification and the, the the money and the power and the 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 synergy that we're talking? Is that the final? Is that where we're at with with trying to keep this thing together and the momentum going? You know, I'm embarrassed to admit that I've never even thought about it that way because I think I in my mind I've almost dismissed that possibility as realistic. Um, I don't know what it is all about, and I don't know that it's deeply personal, 
But when Kiffin was being hired in those 24 to 48 hours before it got done, when there was still a chance that Ole Miss would move in a different direction, when there was still a chance that Arkansas would get in and get him, um, there was friction. There's no other way. About it. Ole Miss doesn't like when, when people say this. They like to push back on it a little bit, but it doesn't change the fact that it's true. There was friction. Um, you know, it's not a secret. That's not who Archie Manning wanted Ole Miss to hire. Um, you know, I think Archie Manning wanted Ole Miss to hire Billy Napier, but Billy Napier didn't want the job. Um, I, and I, I don't know who else was in that mix. Was it Eli Drinkwitz? That's kind of come out as a, a, a real rumor that that's who, you know, Keith Carter liked. But Keith Carter listened to the people. The people wanted Lane Kiffin by the middle of that week. They wanted Lane Kiffin. It was. It's really weird, Mike, and I'm not giving myself credit for this because I laugh at it. The, the people that give me credit, I'm like, no, stop. But on Monday of that week, Ole Miss fired Matt Luke on a Sunday. On Monday of that week, when we started listing names, I talked about Lane Kiffin. I'd been talking about Lane Kiffin back in 2017 when he had just coached one season at FAU and Ole Miss was doing the what do we do out of this interim thing Literally the day, this was how stupid I was, Mike. Well, and you saw the ceiling, but you saw the ceiling. Yes, it was a gamble, but we're looking for a ceiling higher at that point. Well, because here's my analogy, but I'll, I'll finish my story because I'll tell you how dumb this is. Matt Luke's finished his interim season. This is the weekend going in. I actually thought they were going to hire Dave Doran, and then they scrambled, and uh, they were going to hire Luke. And I wrote in my lead to my 10 weekend thoughts that Sunday, you should just hire Lane Kiffin. This is 2017. I've got to cover Matt Luke after I write. You shouldn't hire Matt Luke. You should hire, <laughs> you should hire Lane Kiffin. Great. To Matt's credit, he was always a pro about it. Um, but, you know, I always thought, my analogy is this. If you're, you take a ladder, okay? If you're way up the ladder, well, you have a lot, a lot of room to fall. So you got to be careful because your, your risk is high up here. But if you're just on the first step of the ladder or you're just standing at the foot of the ladder, well, if you fall down, you're not going to get hurt. I mean, you might like scrape your knee or worst case, sprain your ankle or something, but you're not breaking anything and you're sure not going to die. You're not going to get paralyzed. You're not going to suffer. A, you're not going to break your spine. I mean, there's a reason that you watch little babies walk around, right? When they're toddlers and they fall and they land on their bottom and they might cry a minute, but they're not hurt. Nobody's hurt. Everybody he gets back up and toddles some more. Well, it's different. And Ole Miss was there. The Ole Miss was like at the very foot of the ladder. I'm not even sure they were on the first step yet. So they're like, there was nowhere to fall. So if Lane Kiffin had come in and been a flaming trash can disaster, okay, all right, well, we tried that. Try something else. Because once you're four and eight, you're four and eight. Like, there's no difference. There's no difference between four and eight and three and nine. There's there's just no difference. Once you Once you suck, you suck. And so figure out how to not suck. And if that means taking a home run swing, okay, take it. If you miss, eh, you struck out again. What's another strikeout? It's totally different where if you're at the top of it, like if you're Georgia today, right, and Kirby Smart walks in, and I'm not just hypothetical, Kirby Smart walks in and goes, hey, I'm sick of this grind. I'm not going to do this anymore. When this is over, this season's over, I'm letting you know I'm walking away. I'm going to go fish or hunt or play golf or whatever see watch the kids be a dad whatever okay well you've got notice now 
Georgia, you're at the top. Your list is, hey, we won't take risk here. You're not, hey, let's hire Deion Sanders. No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing now. We're going. I think it's called. I think I think they'd call Will Muschin. I think Will's already on staff. Yeah, we'll see, they would do something that they view to safe. Maybe you get Dan Lanning back. Whatever the case may be, you do something like that. But my point is, is that you're not taking somebody that's kind of right. right out there. Right. You're not. You're, you're, Ole Miss was at a spot where it just made sense. Right. But for whatever reason, the Mannings didn't like it. You see that Arch never really considered Ole Miss. Some of that was his mom. Some of that was NIL. I get it. And he's going to make an absolute fortune at Texas. He's going to be the face of the program. At Ole Miss, I don't know that he would be the face of the program because Lane is such a big personality. Um, and now you've got you you've got Juice Kiffin in in the mix. I mean, you got how do you overcome Lane and his dog? Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it can ever be fixed. I guess in an ideal world, you would bring all that together. But I'll be honest, I don't get the sense that Lane gives a damn about that part of it. Well, it's not about Lane; it's about the resources. Is is what my yeah. thing is where my mind went. Yeah. It, and and the public and, and what the Mannings could do if they were all in behind Ole Miss right now. Lane is so popular here with the people. They love him so much. He is such a personality fit that Mike, I don't I don't know that they could be much more unified than they are right now. Even the people that are kind of the Manning types, everybody loves winning. And when you win, you just kind of grit your teeth and go, well, maybe it is working. So I don't know, but to answer your question, probably, but is that realistic? I don't know. No, they tried, you know, I mean, they rolled out the red carpet when they retired Eli's number and they Yeah, that was great. And Lane wore the Manning shirt and all that stuff. And I kind of thought that was the olive branch. And if you're not going to take it and not that they owed their kid because they didn't, Cooper didn't owe his son to Ole Miss. That's ridiculous. But he didn't really consider them. Now, he let them know way ahead of time so they could go recruit other quarterbacks, which I thought was the right thing to do, and he did. But it kind of feels like that chapter might be sort of closing. Yeah, I think it's fair. So, I think it's fair. Hey, I kept you way, way, way too Sorry, long. Sorry, this has been fun, man. You're, uh, you're awesome. You know my opinion on you. I think you're absolutely one of the two or three very best out there. I think uh, the SEC Network needs to pop you in the big chair and let you handle it. Uh, you would boost ratings. You're a superstar. I appreciate you very, very much. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. We, Neil, we've just been around a long time, and we, we dare to call it like we see it, and and I think that works. Some people try to please people all the time. I think we both kind of take our shots every now and then because we don't go with conventional wisdom or yeah. we don't judge the direction of the wind before we give our opinion. And sometimes we go against that. But if nothing else, even when people disagree, they know we're being authentic. And at the end of the day, I think that's what people truly want. Now, some people want to change the channel until they can find the news that they want delivered the way they want. But at the end of the day, I think internally, we all really want to know what the temperature is outside. And we want the weatherman that's going to tell us whether – you know, I really didn't want to hear it was going to rain today, but it's, it's going to rain today. And and I think you've done a great job with that everywhere you've been. And that's why I've respected you as a journalist. And beyond our friendship, I, I watched you do it. I saw you take stands in Mobile, Alabama that I don't think people will ever appreciate or understand, but I do. And it's never changed you. So much respect to you. And I'll do your show anytime. I enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you, my man. I hope to see you soon. Really do. All right, man. Later. Talk to you. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.